Thanks for joining the podcast today. If you didn't already know, this podcast is based off of our YouTube channel. You can find the link in the description below. Be sure to subscribe. Also check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Let us know who you are and where you're watching from. We'd love to get to know you. We are a self-funded channel. We don't receive money from churches or ministries, and that allows us to continue to make content that pushes the borders of our faith. So if you enjoy what we do, consider giving to our Patreon. For as little as a cup of coffee a month, you can help support this channel. You can find the link in the description below. Thanks again for joining us. We believe that by coming together, we can leave bad religion defenseless. Hey everybody, we are back. It is almost February. What's today? The 26th. Yeah, 26th. I don't know why we say the dates here because they never correspond to the dates that yeah. this comes out. Yeah, which, true. I mean, I guess people could record a podcast and put it out the same day, but it's honestly that's from like my end. Yeah, it's a lot of work. Like I'm trying to, even I've been buying like plugins and software to uh, streamline editing this because it takes me probably a good hour hour and a half to get it all cut because yeah. most of ours go about two hours long and nobody wants to hear two hours at a time so i have to cut it and split it and put intros and outros and make sure all our voices sound good and it's a whole thing so yeah make people sure who put out copyright anything yeah that too sorry um <laughs> hashtag my bad. but yeah so people who put out podcasts the same day it's it's insane I, maybe they're not even doing that i don't know but or we like don't do more that. than once a week yeah, yeah but we're trying to put ours out every monday we're trying we might skip a monday here or there but uh i feel like the second half of last year we were really consistent um and yeah. i went and checked our metrics this uh for the past year of podcast and um it's been growing like a lot and i get quite a few people like texting me and messaging me and like somebody text me today or yesterday i can't remember and they're like you totally said uh peter tingle on your last <laughs> podcast <laughs> I did. yeah and i was like yep awesome every time peter, peter tingle, tingle. Um, so there's a little Marvel <laughs> Easter eggs for those Marvel fans. Okay, out there. but it's a universal like phrase, like everyone knows, right? You're yeah. welcome. Well, there should be. There's some Marvel <laughs> haters out there. There's people who hate Marvel just to hate Marvel. Well, there's also people who hate Jesus, so there's that too. Sure, I guess. <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah, we're we're going. Um, the podcast has been growing. I will say this, interestingly enough, and I won't put any dollars or cents to this because whatever but uh monetarily our podcast has officially made more money than the youtube channel yay that's yeah. so exciting yeah so that's cool i mean it's not tons and tons of money but it helps like buy stuff like all the software and stuff we have to yeah, do to, definitely. to produce the show so um and i just think um the podcast space is obviously blown up in the past like what three to five years yeah like sure. youtube did 10 or 15 years yeah, ago yeah, you know so sure. like everything and i think in some ways, podcasts are more accessible, right? Like you can mm -hmm. pop it on while you're working out. You can pop it on while you're driving to work or whatever. Or like mm -hmm. download it without right, right. Wi-Fi. But yeah, like YouTube, like you have to like, I mean, I watch a lot of YouTube when I'm like going to bed at night or something. But you have to like set aside time and like a space for that. Podcast, I feel like it's a little more easier just to kind of pick up and go with you, you know? Yeah, and I feel like YouTube requires a lot of attention. And when you're podcasting, like I can work and podcast. Or I can do laundry sure. podcast. Right, right. So yeah. yeah, and I feel like for us specifically this format, podcasting allows us to kind of flesh things out a little better. Yeah. To where a lot of times, you know, we'll take two hours to flesh out what I try to cram in a 
20 to 30 minute video. Yeah. Um, so I just think maybe it's a little easier for people to digest this stuff. Although I know, I mean, there are people who love the YouTube channel too, but I just think it's different flavors, different people. So yeah, um, yeah. pumped to be doing the, the podcast. This is, I guess, our third one for the year. So that's awesome. Sweet. But anyway, all right, so let's dive in. So we talked about uh, biblical justice. Um, for you guys, it was the last two episodes. It was only one conversation for us. But uh, before we move on to the next topic, do you guys have any thoughts, comments, concerns about biblical justice that we went over last time? Anything you kind of been stewing on, not stewing on? It doesn't have to be. I just, I think it'd be cool to open that up the floor just to, you know, quick hey, I thought about this this week after our podcast recording. Yeah, so the week after the podcast, I had an incident at work, which I cannot share the details of. <laughs> and I remember in the situation just thinking like, what, what was it we just said? Um, Jesus always like protected the innocent or whatever. And I was like, right. this is my duty. And like I already <laughs> like planned, to, like obviously it's part of my job. I have to do that. But I was like, now it's got a double meeting, biblical and worldly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's good. I mean, we, we've been going through a lot of stuff. Uh, I don't want to say in our personal life, but like we know some churches and some people who are like getting in a lot of trouble right now legally and stuff yeah, like that. So sure. the idea of justice is very um, relevant relevant and prevalent in, in our conversations, especially over the past month or so while all this stuff is shaking out. So yeah. it's um, <clears throat> it wasn't intentional that all that kind of came together at once, but um, fortuitous maybe, at least for our conversations, not for people going through the stuff they're going through. But yeah, sure. um, so yeah, it's caused me to think about it a lot more and like how having conversations with people externally about A, how do we view justice, but then also how do we, um, how do we, what does the output of justice look like for a Christian as far as like, how should we view criminals? You know, how should we view, right. um, you know, people like that? So it's, it's interesting and it, it, it's definitely, I like these podcasts. And I like making the videos because <clears throat> I don't know if this is true for the listeners, but for me, even though the podcast is over, the conversation is still going on in my head, yeah. Yeah. depending on like what's happening in my life. Or sometimes it might be months later where something happens and I'm, I can recall like the videos and the notes and the podcast we do and be like, oh yeah, like, and it just kind of keeps stacking on top of each other. So yeah. I appreciate these conversations because they don't end for me when I press upload and then, you know, forget about them. They're, they're just kind of things that stick around, which I think is the idea. Like that's the yeah. whole point of doing this kind of stuff is that we can kind of, uh, I mean, this is a horrible expression, but like, you know, you throw enough stuff at the wall, something's going to stick. Oh, I think it, I think it's that idea, though, like spiritually, I think what, if we just keep having conversations, if we keep uh, talking about these topics and things, eventually something's going to stick in your spirit, in your mind, your heart, your soul, whatever language you want to put to it. So yeah, definitely been, does for me. I've been stewing on that topic, not justice specifically, but the when we talked about favor and like blessing and consequences, like things like that. And it has made me think a lot about prayer too and how that ties in with favor right. and consequences and justice. And Yeah. So uh, before we dive into our next topic, I've been digging into this new thing. I can't remember uh, what the statistics are, but I think Spotify is right under Apple Music for listenership for our um for our podcast. Oh, okay. And the one thing that Spotify gives us the ability to do that um, Apple doesn't, at least I haven't figured it out yet, is post questions to the podcast itself. Oh, nice. And they can comment back on it as well. So there's just a little more interaction with Spotify. Like I don't that. personally use Spotify, but um, the reason I'm saying that is if you guys have any questions about what we're talking about this week, any comments, anything like that, if you're listening on Spotify, that's a good place to reach us and 
connect with us uh, or go to the YouTube channel or, or whatever. There's, you know, Facebook, Instagram. Um, but also any ideas or thoughts you guys have for future podcasts. Yeah, because, that'd be awesome. Um, I don't feel like we ever run out of ideas, but it is cool because um, people text me throughout the week, like when we're releasing these. Yeah. It's crazy. We'll release a podcast and I'll look the next day and it's like, whoa, the amount of viewers we'll have. I didn't realize like it was kind of snowballing that fast. But then it's cool to have friends that are texting me like, hey, listen to your podcast. Cool thought. Cool idea. Loved when you talked about this. So for those of you out there who are listening and engaging on a weekly basis, feel free to like reach out to us tell us what you're thinking about hashtag um, peter tingle yeah peter tingle marvel we'll, we'll talk about marvel theories i'll bring the kids on we'll do it we'll go for it Say we won't. um but yeah so anyway that that's it if you guys want to reach out to us and give us ideas for the podcast or any questions concerns do that because uh i think that makes the podcast experience much better when, when and it's bigger than just the three of us so okay. also if there's anybody out there who would ever want to join the podcast you know on occasion I, i'd be open to that as well um I know I've been talking to you about getting some guests on here and there, so we got to see if we can make but some connections. We're going to interview and interrogate. We're going to do three rounds of interviewing. Uh, hard credit check. Yep. Yeah. Background, drug so, screen. Social, the whole thing. Yep. I need yep. you to do onboarding documents. <laughs> right. We'll have yep. a day one introduction. <clears throat> yep. Apple ID password. We're going to need all of yep. it. So mm-hmm. anyway. Guess my profession. There you go. Okay. So you guys at the table already know this, but for the listeners at home, we are going to move on from the justice talk. Um, and if we need to you know, go back to it at some point, we can. But this week, uh, I thought we'd hit the topic of fasting. Um, this is kind of intentional because... Uh, I don't know about you guys, but for me, uh, in the churches that I've had experience with, January is always like the month for fasting. Yes. Fasting and prayer specifically. Days. The 21 days. Yeah. Where did that even come from? The 21. I, I know. know. I was thinking about that the other day and then I forgot to look it up. Like I know it's popular. I know a lot of churches do it. But... My church does 10 days of prayer. Oh, maybe so the it was first how long days. Daniel changed his diet. Oh, is the Daniel mm-hmm. fast thing? Maybe, I, know, maybe. I just didn't know about the 21 days specifically, but yeah, I know a lot of churches do it. Uh, we've been with churches where, uh, every night they did worship every night of January, they would do worship and like prayer and worship that night, which is cool. Like there's nothing wrong with that, but typically in January, um, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, or if you have a different experience that churches typically focus on fasting once a year. And it's typically in January, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't think of any other time of year specifically where churches are like, oh, fasting, let's talk about it. You know? Um, No. But is there any, correct me if I'm wrong, blessed, uh, before like the the Passover, um, like later on, is there any fasting that happens there? W- wait, you mean? Like Jewish. Oh, yeah. Fasting is still a very important part of Jewish culture today. Yeah. So I, that's the only thing I can think of. What is that? Lent? Is that what you mean? Mm. No, that's. I mean, that is a type of fasting, but it's it's a little different. That's a Catholic thing, right? For right. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Well, yeah, Jewish, well Catholic, but then other like the Presbyterians have adopted it. I think yeah. the Lutherans do it. I can't remember if the Methodists do it or not. I can't. I can't say remember. That I remember them doing it, but like Ash Wednesday, Lent, that whole thing is all kind of wrapped into each other. Ash Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, now we didn't grow up doing Ash Wednesday, no, um, no, but it wasn't until I started working for other denominations that they do it, yeah. I was exposed to it yeah. and I didn't know much about it at first. And then I started to learn about it and then I started to hate it, but that's all, that's <laughs> a, that's a topic for a whole nother time. But, uh, okay. So give me your experience in like, uh, kids church, youth group, young adults, and now as an adult in church, in the church world, give me your What's the 411 on fasting? Someone's not a Christian. They come up to you and be like, hey, I heard about this fasting thing. Christians do it. Give me the rundown. 
so I, I can't say if I remember what I was taught in kids' church. I don't know if it's my memory or what, but um, I guess youth group, adult services, circles, uh, it's like sacrificing something to get closer to God. Like, I would say that's like the one sentence for it, but uh, making a sacrifice so that you can get closer to God. So that could be anything, though. That could be like um, not having chocolate or caffeine or uh, meat right. or social media or blah, 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 whatever it may be. Abstaining from something to get closer to God, I feel like, right. is what I've always known it to be. Yeah, that sounds legit. As far as like what I remember growing up, what about you? Um, I always felt like... I don't. I don't think they said much about it when we were younger. Yeah, and it's um, probably because they don't want little kids fasting. Right. Right. So that I mean, that's sense. that's a good yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't remember hearing about it much in middle school or high school, but I know when I was in young adults, it was something we talked about. And specifically, I can remember I went to a Christian university, and we did it once a semester, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and like the whole school, like the, the cafeteria was like dedicated to if you're on the fast, this section is for you. If you're not, oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, that wasn't like that when I went. Yeah, yeah. Mm. No, it was. Mm. I mean, who knows? Yeah. What can I say? <laughs> 2015. Right. So. Um, Anyways, I just remember um, the fast was intending you to like um, strip yourself of distractions and go back to the basics so that way you could gain discernment and you were intentional about your relationship with God in those moments. So whatever your goal was, whether it was discernment on a decision or whether it was, you know, wisdom for whatever or like life goals or i don't know something or you were trying to understand biblical context or you know figure out things for your future um the idea was stripping back all of the i don't want to say joys uh, but distractions right so yeah. like food can be a distraction yeah. so you take out everything except for what you need so daniel fast you get the meat and bones of whatever you need or social media you know you're, you're out of that realm and in the time you'd be spending on social media you're spending it in prayer or worship whatever that looks like for you so to sum it up it was to get rid of distractions so that you could focus more um on being intentional with your relationship with god for a specific goal sure so let's compare and contrast those two ideas because i think they're similar but i'm also hearing differences in there okay. so you were saying you sacrifice something to do you give up something so that you can become closer to god yeah you're saying that it was presented to you that you sacrifice something to remove distractions and be more intentional about your relationship with God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Similarities, contrast, what do you think? I mean, I feel like they would go hand in hand. Like, I feel like I've heard the same thing from my same circles. Like, um, yeah, get rid of distractions. But it's all, I think, with the intent to get closer to God and make a better relationship with God. I think it's just worded a little different. Mm -hmm. Okay, so explain this to me. Uh, and I'm just, I'm spitballing like I've never heard any of this before. Okay. Why would sacrificing anything get you closer to God? Uh, now, to your point, I heard like we get rid of this thing to get rid of distraction. But why would, let's say, sugar, let's say I'm fasting sugar, you know, for that's my choice of things to fast. Why would that be a distraction for me to get closer to God? Great question. <laughs> or anything. I mean, take take anything you want, like any object or TV, social well, media, whatever okay. you want. So, like, I feel like um, in these examples, they'll say something like, oh, America has a sugar addiction. So for, for the sure. month of January, <laughs> January, as I drink a strawberry. Right. <laughs> um, 
America has a sugar addiction. So for the month of January as a church, we're going to cut out sugar, like excess processed sugar, um, so that we can, um, like, heal our bodies or be better for our bodies, you know, be whole. And we're going to give this sacrifice back to the Lord. Well, and I think it's like a, like every time you think you want to do it, pray instead. Okay. That's real manipulative, but sure. I mean, I think I've heard that. (laughs) Like every time you get the craving and the hunger, like that's when you pray. Yeah. So based on this just general, you guys could see her face (laughs) based on this general concept of fasting, which once again, we're not like putting our stamp of approval on. We're just kind of talking it out in the Christian space. Um, Based on this general idea of fasting, Let's say you do whatever the fast is, sugar, social media, coffee, whatever, whatever it is for you. Hmm. Let's say 30 days, you did it. What was the outcome? Like legit, like, okay, so you come to me, I'm a non-Christian and we're talking about fasting. You're like, oh yeah, I fasted sugar for 30 days last month. And, and I would say, okay, tell me, like, what did that do? Great question. So I think this is the point I was trying to make earlier. Um, I think we create like a a need for certain things and really our need needs to be in God or a relationship with God. So when you strip out these things that can be like, quote unquote, strongholds in your life, um, (laughs) (laughs) um, you can um, instead turn that back to a relationship with God. So you're giving up like an addiction, if you will. And now after you've done the fast from it, it's no longer a struggle for you or that's the intention, I think. And now your balance is back with, like whatever it was and your relationship or, with Jesus. You know, I think people might even feel like they got closer to God. Like at the end of it, they'll be like, yeah, I feel so much like more spiritually in tune and closer to God because, but they probably literally just like prayed a little more and yeah. like read Sorry. their Bible or something. <laughs> like just, they did it right. more. So like, had they not fasted anything, but still just prayed a little more and read their Bible, they probably <laughs> would have been in the same boat, right? Yeah. Interesting. I, I'm not knocking people <laughs> who fast because I think the intention is there. I think that's always the thing. Like, I wouldn't knock anybody who who prays, even if they pray. I guess you can't pray like a moron, but you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't knock anybody's effort and intent to get closer to God. Right. However, biblically speaking, not me speaking, biblically speaking, it does seem that there are better ways than other ways. Right. Sure. Yes. Um, I'll give you before we like dive into the nitty gritty of it. I'll give you. So every January for the past, what, four years, I think. Maybe five now. Maybe this is the fifth year. I give up coffee every January. That is the saddest thing I've ever heard. Februarys are awesome, though. Yeah. So that's the plus. Can I buy you your first coffee February 1st? Yeah. Uh, Without going into too much detail, I wanted Christina (laughs) to take me to like, there's a couple coffee shops that do coffee flights. Have you seen this? No. Kind of like beer flights, but they'll like have different ones. I really want to do that. However, I did figure out that that probably should not be my first coffee bag (laughs) because your first couple of coffees that you got, there's some kinks to work out. (laughs) So my first coffee probably just needs to be a Starbucks in my living room. Yeah, you're welcome. Stay home. I'll visit you. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But anyway. We can go out two weeks later. So uh, it takes about a week, I think. Okay. Um. So anyway, I think this is year five, year four or five. I can't remember uh, how long ago I started doing this. But every January, I give up coffee. And every time I tell somebody that, they're like, oh, you fast in January. You fast coffee. And I'm like, no, I just give up coffee. My reasoning is not spiritual at all. I have, I don't have an addictive personality. I do know people in our family who have had addictive personalities and things that get hooked on. I don't have that personally. I've never struggled with substance abuse or anything like that tried a lot in my younger years, but I never got hooked on anything. Like it was cool to smoke cigarettes in high school. Tried it for a little bit. Friends got hooked, never got hooked on. I don't know. I think when you talk about your um, obsession with wearing women's skinny jeans. Uh, Actually, I don't wear women's clothes anymore. 
That was high school. <laughs> Anymore. That was high school before they came out with fashionable skinny jeans. Now skinny jeans for men is totally normalized. Anyway, that's, true. that's a whole other topic. Um, but for all of my, what, what's the word now? Elder emos? That's that's elder the word emo? now. No Yeah, way. yeah. So like people who are emo when they're younger, we're old now. Oh so it's called elder emo. Wait, wait, wait. Pause. Did anyone oh, see you have no idea. this concert that was happening in Las Vegas? I From everything I've read, it wasn't real. It was fake. No. Yeah. The whole thing was fake. What? Like There were bands who like tweeted like, we haven't heard about this, that were on like the playbill. What? Yeah. So it wasn't <laughs> real. Paramore was supposed to be. I was looking at flights. Oh my. Anyway. Okay. Sorry. Um. So, yeah, Christians tell me all the time, like, oh, yeah, you're fasting and, and things like that uh, for January coffee. And I'm like, no, it's not. My whole thing is I personally don't ever want to be addicted to anything. With the caveat being I am addicted to coffee, no doubt. And I think most Americans would say they're addicted to coffee. You know, if you're having one to two cups of coffee a day, go a week without it. You're addicted. You'll feel it. You're going to get a headache. Your stomach ain't going to work right. Like, you are addicted. Now, is it a harmless addiction? Sure. Like, I'm also addicted to my AC being at 70 degrees. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm addicted. 67. 68, yes, but I was trying to just be generous. Um, but... So there, I think there are things we are addicted to in life, whether we realize it or not, um, right? Like we all don't wear burlap clothes, you know, like we wear nice cotton, you know. Comfy clothes. Right. You could say if I were to try to make you wear just horrible burlap clothing like they wore like in the Renaissance, like a peasant, you would say you were addicted to wearing comfy clothes because it would totally rattle you, you know, to do sure. the, the other. So I think we all are addicted to some things in some ways. And I'm not saying that's bad or harmless. For me, though, coffee is the standout. That's the one thing I know that I know that I know that if I don't have it, I'm going to feel some type of way about it. Mm hmm. So every January, I abstain from coffee just to show myself that I can do it, that I have enough willpower to push through it. And then, like I said, Februarys are awesome. And then the rest of the year, I drink coffee and I don't like limit myself. And it's just every January, I want to know that I can push through something that is honestly, it's pretty tough. If you've never gone a month without coffee before, try it. It's, it's pretty tough. Uh, the headaches are bad. The stomach stuff gets a little weird. Uh, and then after that goes away, after the first week or two, then the cravings. Oh my gosh. And I still make her coffee in the mornings <laughs> or at night, you know, and, and I'll get her Starbucks or whatever. And it's, it's one of those things. It's not like I go through it. Like I can't take you to Starbucks and get you coffee because it tempts me so bad. Like that's part of it. Yeah, you got to yeah. walk through that. Like <laughs> yeah. for me personally. And it's just one of the, I think that's also my eight, my yeah, inner yeah. eight in me. Like I'm I, so proud of you. I have to <laughs> <Enneagram> push, <eight. laughs> I have to push through these things for me. It's for my own, not self value or worth, but just to prove to myself that I can do it. Because it, you are the challenger. Yeah. And I'm challenging myself in this exactly. way. So anyway, so when I tell people that, especially people of faith, they're like, oh, you're fasting. And I'm like, no. That's not fasting. It's just a choice. Because in no way, and I have no shame in saying this, in no way is me giving up coffee getting me closer to Jesus. In fact, for the first two weeks, it feels like I'm pretty far from Jesus. <laughs> like, you do. You get moody. Like, you get a little grumpy. You're very lethargic like because you don't have the energy you normally would have. It just sucks. Like, there's just no way around it. After the first couple of weeks, like, now I feel like I have a ton of energy, which is weird. Once you kick caffeine, your body just naturally can go longer. Um, but then those 2 a.m.s, sometimes I need a cup. But anyway, so giving up coffee in no way got me closer to Jesus. I also didn't do it for Jesus, uh, not to be like selfish or whatever, no, but like no, yeah. I did it to, to prove to myself that I'm not addicted, that I can push through hard things if I really want to. Things that I love because I love coffee. It's in my top five. Like right. It's my wife, my kids, my family and coffee like right there. Jesus, coffee. Oh, yeah. Zara's in there. Well, uh, she's family. family. Yeah, okay, she's okay. one of the kids at this point. Okay. Zara's our great Dane for those of you who don't know. <laughs> Anyway, 
Um, so, but it is not a fast for me. It is not a fast. So it's funny though, when I talk to Christians and they view it that way, I'm like, Oh, you gave something up. And I'm like, yeah, but that, that doesn't, to me personally, it doesn't mean anything Right. for you guys. How much study time and effort have you put into fasting? You can be a hundred percent honest because there's no wrong answer. Okay. Here. Um, so personally, I, I don't know if I just haven't heard the right message or pitch about it. I don't see how fasting would serve me. I'm not saying it doesn't serve other people. I'm also saying I'm not the type of person that's going to fast. So um, unless it was absolutely needed, like for a procedure, like medically mm -hmm. or whatever, I just don't see a reason in me like skipping a meal, which is very evident. So um, I don't know. I just I know that there are benefits to it. I know people talk about things that work for them. But maybe because I haven't tried it, I just don't, for me, I don't know where that would stand because I can do intentional sacrificing, if you will, without removing like one of my three square meals a day. That's just me. Right. Um, now, and I do want to point out just for the record that we are talking about a couple of different things here. We are talking about spiritual fasting, yep. like when you're fasting for the sake of the spirit versus let's call it what like people who are dieting do, like right. intermittent yeah. fasting. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there is a difference because intermittent fasting is a thing and it has results in its own way, but it's not a spiritual purpose, right. if that makes sense. So right. we are talking about two different kinds of fasting here. I just want to make sure people get That's that. Good, yeah. So they're not like, oh, but what about intermittent fasting? Yeah, yeah. I get it. There are different types of fasting, but we're talking about spiritually for the sake of your relationship with God or Jesus or whatever language you want to put to it, that kind of fasting. Um, well, now I just totally blanked out. Well, I, I was just going to say I've done intermittent fasting as well, and I was a no go on that. So right. don't think other fasting would work for me. I mean, I could do it if I really felt like I needed to. Right. But I don't feel like I need to. So what about you? How much time, effort, energy have you put into like understanding fasting, studying it, like whatever? Not a lot of time, which is funny because I have very strong opinions about fasting. Only, I think, because I grew, grew up with it taught really, really wrong and still continuously hear it taught really, really wrong. How much How much of an emphasis, because she said it was just briefly, right? Like for you, it was just briefly taught here and there when you were growing up. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like our grandparents probably knew about it, but I don't remember them fasting. Yeah, in home, I don't remember fasting being like a thing. Well, also, uh, I was raised grandpa, by, yeah, yeah, grandpa was diabetic, yeah, so it's so a whole different ballgame for him. Yeah. Um, but for you, how much of an emphasis on fasting do they put? And I understand like different levels of your life. It would have been at like different times. But I mean, I mean, I definitely remember the first of the year every year. So right. you've been doing that since you were young? Oh, let's say a little older. So middle I, I school, mean, high school? Probably more like it. Yeah. And you've been doing it every year, you think? Um, no. Well. <laughs> but it, it was I done. Do it. Yeah. Like it as a church, done. they did yeah, it. Yes, right, it was right, like right. an event that yeah. happened. Now, when you did it, was it a very communal thing? Like people are like, oh, how's your fast going? Like everybody just kind of did it. Or like they would say like, okay, we're going to start at this time. We're going to end at this time. But it's your personal journey. Mm. I feel like it's a little bit of a mix i mean i don't think you hear about it at all unless you're at church and then once you're at church like you hear people sometimes like i hope your fast is going well or like how is it going right or like blah blah you know no. so you said you've never fasted right not not in a restrictive manner no right. um not severely so i was going to ask you when you're doing your fasting do you guys eat like bread and water well before we get to that i want to ask so have you fasted yes like and like what what in the fake definition well no, yes. no no like what did your fast consist of and how how long have you fasted i don't remember how long i i remember 
doing like a meal, the same meal every day for like a few weeks. Like eating the same like dinner. Meal? No, or skipping dinner. Skipping. Oh, skipping a meal a day. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like I think I remember a couple times I've done dinner for like how, like 21 days. Right. You skipped dinner for yeah. 21 days. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Now if she and just I've gets done, tired, she'll skip dinner. So yeah, okay. <laughs> that that makes sense. I've done. Look and at I that. think I've like poor with behavior. my family. I think we've done the Daniel fast. I think, but that would have been more of like middle school, high school. I don't really remember. So now, I do want to go into the Daniel fast, but before yeah. we go into that, is there? Uh, so, give me the types of fasting you have heard about and or been exposed to. Okay, so maybe this was just formed in my brain of a story I heard, but I know that people were like. I'm not eating like food or whatever. I'm just having water and bread. That's all my body needs to live off of. So I'm going to do that for three days or something. Okay. Um, and then I know people would give up like anything but what you can find in nature. So like meat, vegetables, potatoes, fruit, things like that. Um, so I can go to Greenwise and hit the organic aisle and I'm good? Uh, yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I didn't do it. So, um, and then I think there was one where, yeah. So like you skip a meal or you purposely replace something. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just all like restrictions on food. Anything else? Any other types of fasts you've Um, seen or experienced? I mean, the Daniel fast. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I'd say some are like, like no meat, but like, I mean, I guess that maybe it's a Daniel fast, like nuts and Mm -hmm. veggies. Social media fasting. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I've done that before too. Uh, worldly music fasting. (laughs) <laughs> you shouldn't be listening to worldly music anyway. I'm so sorry. As a Christian. What did they call it when we were secular, secular music? Secular sorry, music. Yes. I still have that's one of the old Christian things I still am trying to break because I haven't found a better word for it. Like when you're talking about music in in a Christian churchy context, how do you say non-Christian music without using the word secular? I haven't found a word yet for Country, that. Country, rock. Yeah, but Pop, like there's punk, country all, Christian, yeah. there's country rock, there's there's country or Christian all kinds of. So like, how do you distinguish between the? I haven't found a better word, so I still say secular. And every time <laughs> I say it, yourself? I'm transported back to like Carpenter's Home Church, <laughs> 2001, and I feel like, oh, why do I still say this word? I haven't found a better word for yeah. it. I'm gonna I'm post sorry. something on Facebook tonight and be like, someone please give me a better word because I hate <laughs> hate using that word, but I just haven't found a better one yet. Oh man, that's that's old. Um, Okay, so social media, music, music. TV, I've heard, yeah, is another TV one. TV for sure. Yeah. Um, it's almost like Lent, giving something, yeah. one thing up. Yeah, one yeah, thing, yeah. That's one a good, thing. yeah, like friends, like hanging out with friends or um, going out to eat after church, mm-hmm. going out to eat at all for the month mm-hmm. of right. whatever you were doing. Yeah, it's like picking one thing. So uh, if there's anybody listening with children right now, just, you know, earmuffs, just giving you like a five-second warning. Uh, has anybody heard, because it, it just may get a Three, little more than you want to, uh, you know, let your children listen to. I don't care. I would let my my children listen to this, but I'm just fair warning. Has anybody heard uh, sex being used as a fasting agent Ooh, or tool? you know, I feel like yes. But really? I don't know why or where or when. Isn't there like, okay. I don't know. If no, I go should, for it. Okay. Isn't there like a biblical like reference about how you shouldn't abstain from like sexual intimacy from your partner? Oh, unless it's inter- oh intentional for fasting. Right, right. Well, okay. So I actually have that verse pulled up, but has anybody, <laughs> has anybody heard of anybody actually doing that? Um, like married couples, obviously. They already do. That is terrible. That is terrible. Sorry, I couldn't. I had to. Can't give up what you're already giving up. Sorry. (laughs) Somebody just now you need to earmuff your children. Sorry, (laughs) reel it back in. Uh, I haven't personally heard anybody do that, but I've heard people mention that that could be a way of fasting. And I think I've heard of like uh, marital like 
uh, studies or like, I don't know what to call them, like intensives where you like abstain from the sexual intimacy to build your spiritual intimacy mm, with that God sounds or something. Right. Yeah. Okay. It doesn't sound right, but sure. But, but no, <laughs> have you ever heard it used in the framework of fasting? Yeah. 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 You're fasting sex. Interesting. Okay. So let me read the verse really fast. It's a 40 day plan or something. It's uh first Corinthians seven, five, uh, do not deprive each other except perhaps by mutual consent, meaning both parties, obviously, for a time. So it's a limited amount of time so that you may devote yourselves to prayer. Then come together, sex again, so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. So, you know, like obviously if you're in a married relationship, uh, sex is a very healthy thing for, you know, a married couple to um, enjoy together. So if you abstain for a period of time, he's saying you should come back and stop abstaining because it's actually not healthy for a healthy couple to not be sharing that intimacy mm-hmm. um, only for a period of time. And only if they both consent. Mutual, correct. Yeah. Has to be mutual. So one person can be like, no, we're fasting. Sorry. <laughs> it's school night. It's a school night. <laughs> um, yeah, that would be that would be spiritual manipulation for sure. Um, so let me just read the verse one more time. Do not deprive each other except perhaps by mutual consent for a time so that you may devote yourself to prayer, then come together again so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Uh, you notice a key word that's missing from that verse? Fasting. It said devote. Intentional. Right? Devote yourselves to prayer. That's it. Right. It said nothing about fasting. No. So would it be safe to say? We could choose an hour. That, that well would it be safe to say that first corinthians 7 5 is not talking about fasting we are talking yes. about not doing something to devote ourselves to prayer but we're not fasting yes. is that, do we understand the distinguishing yeah, yeah, there yeah. That there's a difference there yeah. uh, the reason i bring this up is because i literally googled verses about fasting and that's the first one that came up oh. and i just want to point out that like i feel if, like that's a misconstru- like a misconstru- right so they're taking like a shade of something and they're just applying it to fasting right, right. so we got to be very careful like what we and that's kind of what this whole podcast is about we got to be careful what we call fasting and what isn't actually fasting cool, cool. so yes. yes a married couple could not have sex for a period of time to devote themselves to prayer and then come back together so that they're not tempted that is true that is biblical however that is not a framework for fasting at least not in this context cool okay so, um, anything else that before we really dive in, cause we're going to spend some time in the Daniel fast, but I don't want to get there quite yet. Anything else we want to talk about that maybe isn't fasting and why? Isn't fasting. Like it, I'll, just to paint the picture again, I'm a non-Christian and you say, Hey, in January, you know, we're going to fast for 21 days. And I say, Oh, cool. I might want to join in on that. Is there anything that I can't fast? Cause it wouldn't really count. Prayer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, like yeah. anything that's like that's an obvious, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, like the related Bible. to your relationship. Yeah. With like God. I'm fasting reading the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. Loophole. I'm fasting. <laughs> I'm fasting going to church. Right. Ooh. Fasting talking to my wife. Hey. <laughs> I'm in hypothetical. All you have to do is listen. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, if you're your husband, all you got to do is listen. You don't have to talk. Pretend. <laughs> Anyway, uh, anything else? So I'm a non-Christian or I'm a baby Christian, whatever word you want to put to it. What am I not allowed to fast? Other than those obvious ones, obviously. Mm. Anything else that you can think of? Like I, f- I feel like anything that's um, no. like healthy for you, right? So like, or like you can't say like I'm fasting going to work for the next four weeks if you don't have PTO time to put in because you're going <laughs> to lose your job. 
Yeah. Hashtag sorry, not sorry. I think a lot of churches just for like even so if if you're new, but they'll open it to the whole church. Like they just say like whatever is hard for you to give up. Hmm. Like so. Oh, like like whatever has a stronghold. So it's very personal at that point. Yeah, that's what I would say. I mean, that's how I always grew Mm, up with uh, it. Yeah, I've seen it like that. And I've also seen them say like, hey, we're going to do the Daniel fast together. Or corporate. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I feel like that's always open ended. Like you're welcome to join. You're not. You don't have to. Yeah. this is something we're going to do together as a church. And we feel like it's going to help us make X, Y, and Z in our life. So, yeah. Okay. So anything not to give up. I mean, I guess like important stuff, like, like time with your family. So if I came to you and I'm like, I'm going to give up social media and that's my fast. Does that count? Uh, yeah. The fake version. I'm going to yes. give up TV. I'm just asking from the general Christian perspective. Well, I guess what's yes. the point of your fasting? Like what's the intention? Well, that's a great question. What's the point? Because then if your intention is to do X and doing the Y doesn't lead you to X, then it doesn't make sense to do the Y. Right. Drake has a really good rap line. I can't remember in what song or verse this is. This podcast is spicy tonight. (laughs) He says, as long as the outcome is income. Now, obviously, he's talking about money. So he's talking about whatever you're doing, as long as the outcome is that more comes back to you. Right. That makes sense. So I think like that would be the question I would have for Christians. Like what? So the outcome is that you're fasting. Right. My question is, what is the income? What's coming back after you fast? Like what is the point? Right. And I would like to circle back to my previous statement of I've never done it because I don't understand how it would. like. Well, I think honestly, I haven't taken a poll. Maybe I'll take one tomorrow on Facebook. I would be very interested to see. I My guess is that less than 50% of Christians have actually fasted. You think so? Mm-hmm. I feel like it's pretty popular in like our arenas. I feel like the idea is... Oh, and then people don't do it? <gasps> yeah, because like, Naughty. and I don't mean to like, I'm not being judgmental at this at all, but like we're not fast, no, we're not checking, like right. we're not policing this. Right, right, right. right. So well, you could say. Well, and it's just like the verse. They could be fasting, but it's not actually fasting. You're just giving something. Well, that's up. a whole other thing. Right. Uh, yeah, well, I think that. So but I think, why... I think even, I would say 50% of uh, Christians who, American Christians, because I don't know about other countries, 50% of American Christians who say they believe in fasting, I would guess they don't <laughs> fast. And they would say we they need don't. To pull this. They, I'm very interested. I, gu- I guarantee they would say it's not that I'm against fasting. I just don't have time, or here's my situation. They'll they'll find a reason to tell you why they couldn't fast, but they're not against it. They just for some reason haven't found a way to work it in right. to their lives. So for me, I don't think fasting would be optimal because I feel like I can still gain what you're looking for in like other intentional times. So like I'm gonna fast. I'm specifically talking about food because that one just always wrecked sure, my brain. Sure. Um, I'm not going to fast dinner because I'm going to have a headache. I'm going to be grumpy. And then I'm going to wake up the next morning. I'm not going to be okay for work. Right. I know this about myself. I get hangry. So for me, maybe I eat a healthy meal, a small meal portioned. Mm -hmm. And then instead of watching YouTube for an hour before I go to bed, I write in my prayer journal. I read certain scripture and I pray about intentional goals for the year or something. To me, that gives you the same outcome as I'm not going to eat dinner and I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. You know, so, right. okay. but that, that is my thinking. I'm not saying that anyone has to agree and I'm not saying that fasting doesn't make sense. I'm just yeah. saying for me, I don't think that would work. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's this scene in the Bible. Somebody can look it up if you want to, to reference where this is at. Cause I can't remember. It's in the gospels, obviously. Um, <clears throat> so the Jesus is walking down a road, traveling with his disciples. Uh, they bring, 
uh, some townspeople bring an epileptic boy to them. They say he's been falling in water and falling in fire, which means like they're scared for his life because his condition is so bad. Uh, and they ask the disciples to heal him. Disciples pray. They do all this. They do, you know, what they're going to do. Boy doesn't get healed. Which doesn't happen. Now yeah. they go in with good intentions. Yeah. They've also been traveling with Jesus, the guy who's like turning water into wine and fish and bread out of nothing. You know, like they've seen miracles. So they're, and they're following Jesus. So they're like there mentally. They're like, okay, Jesus says we can do this. So they're going in with full intention. We don't have any other context to say they didn't, but they fall flat on their faces and it doesn't work. So then uh, they're like, hey, Jesus, like, can you heal this kid? Cause it's not working. And, uh, he's got some choice words. Oh, twisted and perverse generation. How long do I have to bear with you? Bring the kid to me. He heals him. And it says he never fell into fire or water, had another episode again, right? Jesus healed. We know that story a little bit further down the road. They walk up to Jesus and they're like, Hey Jesus, uh, why didn't it work? <laughs> like what the heck? And he kind of just doubles down on what he's saying. And he, when we read verses that say like, oh, twisted and perverse generation, he's not saying they're perverted. And he's not even saying they were evil. He's saying their mind's not working correctly. That's kind of what he's trying to show them. And he's basically tells them, this is where we get the whole, if you have faith, the size of a mustard seed, you know, blah, blah, blah. But then he caps it off with this end statement. And he says, um, and I, I'm, I'm kind of not out of context, but I'm not quoting it word for word here. But he basically says, and this type of faith that you're looking for, the mustard seed that grows and that can do all these things, only comes by prayer and fasting. So Jesus ups the ante here, right? Like Jesus throws in like, oh, by the way, you want to be Thor? You want to be Hulk? You got to put some fasting in. You got to put some prayer in. I want to be Black Widow. Black Widow's fine too. Black Panther, I don't care. Uh, but he basically puts a price on it. If that makes sense. He says, your minds aren't working correctly. He wasn't telling them perverted or horrible, evil people. He said, your mind isn't working correctly. And if you want the type of faith that's going to make your mind work correctly so that you're able to do these things. And remember, he said, how long do I have to bear with you? Jesus is kind of ticked off that they couldn't heal him. His, Jesus's expectation was that they could heal the boy. That's why he's a little agitated here. And he's like, dude, I'm not going to be here forever. You have to figure this out. How long must I bear with you? So is it like you have a clarity of mind and a stronger faith when you fast? You have the ability to... Well, what he says is... Have and let's, this high faith? Right, let's break it down. He says this type of faith only comes by prayer and fasting. So he's saying there is a type of faith and clarity that you can achieve that is going to allow you to do things like I'm doing them. But there's a price tag and the price tag is prayer and fasting. Hmm. Now, what he does not say there is if you want to be saved, he's not qualifying salvation, right? Yeah, like yeah. he's just saying, if you want to jump to the next level, if you really want to start operating like I'm operating, here's the price tag, prayer and fasting. I wonder if that has any tie with, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, remember when he walked in the desert and he was tempted by the devil? 40 days, 40 nights. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Does that have any tie in? Absolutely. Because he, he, he fasted. Yeah, yeah. He fasted. Yeah. Um, now, do we know why he did 40 days and 40 nights? Just to kind of tie it all back together. Is this another historical the years thing? years that Israel walked? Or wandered in the desert. Yeah. <gasps> wow. Boom. I'm so proud of you. Good job. <laughs> and someone can correct me if I'm wrong. If you want to look this up, I also think that Moses did the same thing. I'm pretty sure. I can't remember specifically. I know Israel did it, but I think Israel only did it after 
God commanded Moses to do it and he fulfilled it. Wow. I'm pretty sure. Somebody could check me on that. I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure Moses did. That would be a pretty cool fact. I know he did do a long fast, but yeah. I don't know if it was specifically 40 days and 40 nights. I think it might have been. Um, so, yeah. So, Jesus, remember, this is how Jesus jump starts his ministry, too. Mm-hmm. Before Jesus even starts going off and doing all this stuff, he goes in the desert, pr- prays fast for 40 days, 40 nights, comes back out. Uh, Gandalf the White, right? Like he's he's had a <laughs> yeah. transformation. Now it wasn't the transfiguration, but this is one of them. I wonder if he was hungry. For sure. He had to have been because it wouldn't have been fair for him not to be, right? He was fully man. But I wonder if, in, I don't know, I'm just talking like if you were fasting, you know how when you don't eat a lot, your portions become smaller. You don't want a lot. Like your stomach gets smaller. Mm-hmm. I wonder if he wasn't as hungry because he was just used to it at that point. No, so basically what... M- basic medicine says is that after about 30 days you're officially dying oh wow right after food now some of us have more weight to lose than others but the idea is after about three or four days your body will start consuming about a pound a day oh wow so but that's fat fat is just a type of energy but it's not nutrients yeah so what happens after about the 30 day mark is your body needs nutrients right and if you're only consuming water you will die. Even if you have excess weight, mm-hmm. you will die because your body's not getting what it needs to sustain itself. Right. As, it's just energy. It's not it's yeah. not good and nutrients. nutrients and, yeah. yeah. So Jesus pushed to 40 days. Now remember, he had to do it. Like just if you did it, he did it the same way. He yeah, didn't yeah. cheat. Like he full on did it. So what we can say is that when Jesus is talking to the disciples later on in his ministry, saying this type comes through prayer and fasting, he's speaking from experience. He can operate in these giftings because he did it, right? Mm. So he paid the price tag to be able to do what they're trying to do. So he qualified it, if that made sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, So I think it is fair to say that Jesus is not commanding that you fast. This is not um, integral to your salvation. Correct. Or your Christian walk per se. However, if you want to start walking in the things that Jesus is walking in, specifically healing in this specific instance uh, and faith to be able to do that and the mental clarity to be able to do that, then prayer and fasting has to be a qualifier to be able to do those things. So if you want to step up to next level Christian, this is part of it. And I think the biggest problem is people don't know how to do either of those things properly. Sure. Neither. I think that's a very valid Right. Yeah. So we yeah. ask, uh, and this is always a funny thing I hear like atheists or agnostics ask like, well, why doesn't God move like he used to in the Old Testament? Well, A, we know Jesus came and now we have the Holy Spirit. So we are the movers and shakers now for God. That yep. That's the plan. We are under the new covenant, y'all. So if that's true, if now the Holy Spirit is in us and we're the movers and shakers, but we don't know how to pray, we don't know how to fast, we don't know how to think, we don't have our faith right. And people ask, well, like, where's Jesus? Where's God? Like, why isn't he moving like he used to? It's not on his end. Right. It's mm-hmm. on our end. Mm-hmm. We, we are the reason that the world doesn't see God. Yeah. It's kind of a big deal. And that's just in those. We're not talking politics and love and like all the other stuff. We're just talking just basic rudimentary things as far as the Christian faith goes here. Yeah. yeah. So when Jesus tells them all oh, this type only comes through prayer and fasting, what does he mean? Obviously, we have the reference of him in the desert. So are we, and I'm, this is an open-ended question, are we to take when Jesus says prayer and fasting that he means what he did? Um, now, maybe you don't have a desert by your house. Right. But you could go 40 days, 
food and water if you really, 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 really tried. You might die, but you could do it. You try, right? I mean, is that a well, that's sound what I'm decision? I'm asking though. So when Jesus is telling his disciples, right? Because we're reading this thousands of years later, but this is an actual conversation he told actual physical people. Like if you do this, you'll have the same. They thing. know what he did, yeah. right? Like they know Jesus went into the wilderness and did his thing. So when he's telling them this as a disciple, as a human being receiving these words straight from the mouth of Jesus, what was Jesus intending them to think? Was he telling the disciples, well, let me frame it in a different way so it's a little easier for everybody to comprehend. Was he saying don't give up social media? Was he saying don't eat sugar? Like what was, when he says the word fasting, what did he mean? Kill yourself. Christina. Not in that way. I mean, they say it anyway, doesn't he say? Yeah, I mean, he does say die daily. So, I mean, that's not too far off. But that's yeah. what I mean. He didn't say kill yourself though. That's a little different. <laughs> Murder. So I, I, I'm asking, like, specifically, <laughs> when Jesus is telling the disciples to fast, does he mean no food? Yes. I mean, that's what he did. So if you're going to model it, then I would say yes. Okay. Oh, gosh. Moving right. forward this now. always feels like a trick question. So if that's Jesus, is it fair to say then that would be an accurate description for fasting for Jesus? No food. Yes. Did he have water? I can't remember. Somebody can look that up. I feel you like die. you have to have water. Well, I know, yeah. but I can't. I think so. I think you yeah. have. Yeah. But anyway, <clears throat> would it be accurate to say at least no food? She'll look up the water thing. Okay. Would it be an accurate description to say that Jesus's definition of fasting was no food? Is that fair? I guess. Yeah. A plus B yeah. equals C. So. Okay. So um, this is where we can slide into. So by Jesus's definition of fasting, if we're just going to say no food. Does social media, sugar, coffee, sex, even though we've kind of debunked that, all these things that we want to think is fasting, do those qualify as fasting under the definition that we see Jesus give? So this is a great question because I think it depends on if you interpret this scripture in the way that it was literally said, which was I fasted for 40 days, 40 nights, had water, but no food. Or if you say, well, social media feeds my ego, so I'm going to fast that. But Jesus wasn't talking about their ego. No, but you know what I mean? like. Right. But what I'm saying is there are, there's, the best way to say like, it is, Are we taking it literally or are we going to use it as a... Do you see a case in that story, in that scripture, where Jesus is using any sort of analogy or any kind of poetic language? Because to me, when I read it, he's just talking. Yeah. He's he's just having a straight up conversation with anybody or with somebody. Okay. So I have a hard time interpreting that scripture in an allegorical way. Okay. Or a poetic way because Jesus is not using any of those languages. Unlike when he told parables. Okay. Right. When he told parables, he's using analogies and things like that uh, to help us better understand. In this specific instance, he's just having a conversation with his dudes and we don't see that type of language being used at all. So this would be a straight up instruction. Like, this is what I did. This is what you need to do. I think if we're going to use proper biblical context, I think that's how the scripture is demanding we interpret it. Yeah. He is being literal. He's just making statements here. Right. Yeah. Um, now he doesn't specifically say 40 days, 40 nights in a desert, that's right? What he did, yeah. But that's what he did. That's how he viewed it. Mm -hmm. So, uh, that's kind of my next question is how are we to view fasting? 
because we know there's a bunch of Old Testament things. There's some things in Daniel that we're going to get to about the Daniel fast and things like that. But if Jesus is our focal point, right, as a Christian, like we say, everything has to come back to Jesus. Everything goes through Jesus. Nothing in the Bible is valid unless it passes the sniff test of Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. Like it has to be able to pass through the lens of Jesus for us to really be able to take it seriously. Because if it doesn't, that means A, the interpretation was wrong, or B, we're looking at something through a old covenant filter versus a Jesus filter, right? So when Jesus, or you know, when the old covenant says men shouldn't have hair long or whatever, you know, or that's an abomination or, you know, stuff like that. Well, does that fit through the lens of Jesus in the new covenant? No, it doesn't. So we can scrap that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's just a very simple thing. So if Jesus is the focal point of all our theology and all our understanding, we also have to put fasting through the lens of Jesus, regardless of what we read in the Old Testament. Now, there are things in the Old Testament in reference to fasting that line perfectly with what Jesus is saying about fasting. But there are other things that honestly are just misinterpreted that don't necessarily line up. I guess the whole thing I'm kind of rambling on is anything we do theologically has to be able to pass through the lens of Jesus. So my question is, referring that and what referring to what Jesus did in the wilderness, do things like fasting, social media, TV, sugar, coffee, anything you want. Do those line up with the filter of Jesus? Or is that just something we've misunderstood as a community? Or is it something, for lack of better words, watered down because it's easier for us? And remember, I'm not saying you're not saved if you don't fast. Jesus yeah, didn't say that. This is just the step up. This is the, you played at the high school level, you want to play at the college level, here's what you got to do. You want to play in the pros, here's the price tag. Fasting is not having food, that's it. You can survive without Facebook. You can survive without sugar. You cannot, you will die eventually without food or water. Yeah. That's the you whole, will die. That's the whole idea. Yeah. So everything else is not real. <laughs> okay. So let's jump to, cause I know this is the popular one and we're almost an hour in and I feel like this is the one that people are really probably going to like sink their teeth into. Let's go to the Daniel fast. How familiar are both of you with the Daniel fast? Like I said, they did it, I think once a semester or have, once a year. Have you been run through it? Like what it is? I mean, I heard it, but if you can, ask me... Can you pull it up on your phone, like, yeah. what the Daniel Fast is? Because I honestly don't even know all sure the ins and outs. it's no meats, and it's, like, nuts and vegetables and stuff, but I'll let Ash look it up. But it's all based on Daniel's diet, Terry needs, for being Jewish, mm -hmm. where he was. A specifically um, popular fast among evangelical Protestants in <laughs> North America. Yeet. In which meat, wine, and other rich foods are avoided in favor of vegetables and water for typically three weeks in order to be more sensitive to God. Right. Okay. So ha have anybody of you like been in a class? Have you taken a class on the Daniel fast? Mm -mm. It looks like you I feel like have... I had to, but I don't remember. Like you think it was an extensive teaching at like at the church. I've heard it preached on and maybe they used a sermon to go over it, but I don't know if I've ever taken a whole class on it. No, I know churches I who remember. have done it, but I've never been through something like that. So this is uh, a list of foods that you can have. So has anybody, you've done the Daniel fast, right? You've never done it, right? Heck no. Maybe okay. attempted. I don't okay. know how long. I've never even attempted it. Never even <laughs> no. tried it. Mm -hmm. uh, in my earlier quote unquote Christian years, I never tried it because I didn't want to. And now in my, I would say more mature Christian years, I think it's garbage. Pure garbage. Cool. Um, let's go to uh, Daniel, because obviously this is where the Daniel fast comes from. Right, right. More specifically, I think it's in verse yeah, it's in verse three. I'm going to start in verse two. What chapter? Uh, Daniel 10. I'm going to start in two, but I think three is where they pull it from. In those days, 
Uh, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. I ate no pleasant food, no meat, no wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. That's the verse. Okay. That's the big verse. Now let's chop that up. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning for three weeks. He was in grief. He was in grief. He was not fasting. He was mourning. Because he couldn't worship God in his way? I'll, I'll start at verse one. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel, whose name was called, I can't pronounce that, <laughs> Bethalsasar or whatever. Uh, the message was true, but appointed time was long, and he understood the message and had understanding of the vision. I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I think he was mourning the passing of King Saul at this point. I can't remember. I think that's what's happening here. Um, but either way, he's mourning. He's walking through grief. Right. So we see in verse three there that that's where people get their whole Daniel fast from. I ate no pleasant food, no meat, no wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all Three whole weeks uh, until three whole weeks were fulfilled. This is where they're getting the Daniel fast from. Personally, I have no idea how they got the idea of fasting out of that verse. I'm reading out of the New King James. That's not even a great version. It's just... It's just a standard version, and it doesn't even say fasting. Maybe it's just adopting a diet that they see as popular, because everyone knows about the Daniel fast. I mean, I've well, been... okay, but you read it: North American Protestant Evangelical Christians. Okay, so so when we say everybody, <laughs> everyone in the circle we grew up, right? Like our circles, all of Carpenter's Home and Vi okay, right. <laughs> it's called a partial fast. A partial fast. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I guess because you're not fully giving up all the food, you're just giving up specific food. See, I've never heard anybody actually use that phrase when they're talking no. about the Daniel fast. No, a partial fast. No. I've always heard it's we're fasting. Yeah, we're fasting. You know, it's yeah. a fast. Yeah. Um, so, I think just in verse three alone that people use for the for the fast, like he's doing this because he's in mourning. In nowhere does he say he's doing it for God. He's doing it because he's in mourning. There's a difference here. So, if that's is that enough for you? To debunk this uh yeah to say that that's not something you need to do to have spiritual well is it enough to say that the verse verse 3 daniel 10 3 is there is not enough evidence in that verse to say it's a fast correct yes okay is that enough evidence for you sure okay well i have more if you'd like more <laughs> yeah i'll take more so let's go what we'll do because biblical context is awesome let's just go back a chapter Right. Okay. Let's go back to Daniel nine. I'm going to pull this up here. I'm going to make sure I have it in the right spot because I had it and no, I don't. Nine. Okay. okay. Daniel nine. I'll, it starts at verse three, but I'll start in uh, verse one. This is Daniel nine, verse one. In the first year of Darius, the son of sure, I don't know how to pronounce that name. <laughs> <laughs> the lineage of Medus. Medus, uh, who made king over the realm of the Chaldeans in the first, this is verse two, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood the books of the number of the years specified by the word of the Lord through Jeremiah, talking about the prophet Jeremiah, mm -hmm. uh, the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolation of Jerusalem. Here it is, verse three. Then I set my face toward the Lord God to make requests by prayer and supplication with fasting sackcloth and ashes. I prayed to my Lord, my God, and made a confession and said, Oh Lord, uh, how great and awesome and God. So he just goes into a prayer there, but I want to read, go back and read verse three. Then I set my face towards the Lord, towards the Lord God to make request by prayer and supplication with fasting, sackcloth and ashes. 
Does anybody see what I'm driving at here? So in verse three, literally a, a and in one chapter, because in verse or chapter 10, verse three is where we get the Daniel fast from. If you literally go back to Daniel nine, verse three, one chapter back, he says, I set my face to the Lord God, make requests with prayer and supplication with fasting, sackcloth and ashes. One chapter back, Daniel says he's fasting. Okay. In one chapter forward, he's not fasting. He says he's mourning. Okay. Is it fair to say these are not the same thing? Yes. Yes. Okay. So when we talk about uh, biblical fasting, because obviously Daniel is long before the time of Jesus, we have to understand in context how the Jewish people viewed fasting. Does anybody want to take a shot at that in the time of Daniel, Abraham, Isaac, Moses, pre-Jesus? How did they view fasting? Spoiler alert, we already kind of talked about it for a second. Um, I feel like you're walking through something like turmoil. So you're trying to make a decision. So whether or it's just grief or like. No, because I think that's what Daniel was doing in verse 10 is mourning. Right. So fasting. <clears throat> remember, that we talked sex. about. Did what you, did you say? <laughs> can you did you find the it's verse where they talk about sex. Moses fasting? Can you find that really fast for me? Because I want to know if it's the 40 days or 40 nights or not. I can't okay. remember. Um, so fasting in the Old Testament um, was meant to signal signal a type of death. This is the whole point of fasting. It is a type of death. Like death to self? or Yes. Like, I mean, she said it kind of funny earlier, like kill yourself. But like, that's literally what fasting was meant to do. Did you find the verse? Moses fasting? Uh, yeah, but I was trying to pull up. So giving up what? like all your everything, who, of who you are, giving it back to God. Well, uh, once she pulls that verse up, I want to I want to see what it says with Moses specifically. Exodus, I think Exodus 34, 28 is where I'm going to go to. Let's see if that's right. It says, so he was there with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights. He neither ate bread nor drank water. Boom. And he wrote on the tablets the words of the covenant, the Ten Commandments. So this is when he's getting the Ten Commandments. This is when he's getting the old covenant, the law. Fasted. fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. No food or water. Now. Do you think it was specifically 40 days and 40 nights? Or do you think that is a translation from some sort of time being kept in biblical like times? Once again, we have to go back to how the scripture is being presented to us. Is the, is the scripture being presented to us in that way, in the Jesus way, in a way that would have you believe that this is poetry or allegory or analogy? Or does it seem like it's being just straight up telling you something? Yeah. Because there, there are definitely places in scripture, the book of Revelation being one of them, where yeah. we have to know the book of Daniel is another really good one. Jeremiah, all the prophets. Yeah. We have to know what Ezekiel, oh. what is meant to be taken allegorical. And what is meant to be taken literal. Literal. And just with this verse, I mean, most people believe that the tablets were written. It's the same verse. It says, so I don't know how you would switch to be from allegory to like being saying something true sure. in the same sentence. Right. <laughs> and that that's this is where like biblical hermeneutics come in and reading in context. We have to understand how the author, when they were pinning this, how they wanted you, the reader, to understand this. Right. So, but also we have some really cool things happening here. We have Moses doing 40 days, 40 nights. Mm -hmm. We have the Israelites, 40 years. 
And then we have Jesus, 40 days and 40 nights. Remember we talked about types and shadows. Yeah. There it is. We just got a nice blanket type and shadow, three of them. We got Moses doing it, then Israel doing it, and then Jesus fulfilling it. Mm -hmm. Because if you remember, now it doesn't say Moses failed, right? Mm -hmm. Moses didn't fail. But we also have to remember that Moses was the mediator for Israel. Mm -hmm. Moses was never meant to be viewed as Israel. Now, there was that point where God was like, no, let me just kill all of them and then we'll start over with you, Moses. And then Moses is like, no, 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 don't do that. Like, we can fix it. <laughs> but it is it is fair to say that Moses, scripturally speaking, is is meant to be viewed as the mediator for the children of God, not the uh, icon okay. for the children of God. The yeah. children of God, Israel, is meant to be viewed as the children of God. Does that make sense? Yeah. Now, we know that they wandered in the desert for 40 years, right? Yes. And that wandering was a symbol of them failing. 